Welcome to the Prop Source podcast. On this podcast, you won't find me telling you everything there is to know about property. You'll just follow our property journey. We're sourcers and we're building our own portfolio, having gone through the recession and thought, you know what? We need to diversify when we get out of this and we need to invest in property for our future. And hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the PropSource UK podcast. I'm Heather Gorringe from PropSource GMC and I'm joined today by... Luke Connard from PropSource GMC. How are you this morning, Heather? Very well. How are you, Luke? I'm all right, thanks. It sounds like you've got the signs of spring in the background there. Can you hear the birds? I can. It sounds lovely. What sort of bird is it? Because you are an expert. (laughs) It's a garden bird. Oh, thank you for that narrowing down. So basically what you're saying is it's not a pterodactyl um, and it's not a swan. There's many birds. Anyway, ah, thank you. I, I'm joined today by Luke because we want to share our thoughts and plans and how we're dealing with the COVID-19 lockdown um, from a sourcing perspective and also from a refurbishment perspective and looking forward to what we think may happen of course we're guessing there's our disclaimer luke we're guessing. yeah i i think it is we're, we're we're using the benefit of our experience to hopefully give advice well not advice really to give our thoughts on what we think is going to happen but as you would say that is a guess and you're yeah, right that's okay yeah. so first of all um it's um covid 19 has obviously affected us as it has everyone in the whole world and in particular, our building team, because we have one member of our team who has the virus. So just sending him good thoughts and well wishes. You've heard an update on him, I think, Luke? I had, I had an update on him yesterday and uh, apparently he's uh, on the mend. So that's really good right. news. That's great. So let's go through, if you would, for me, what has happened in the world of our sourcing. Yep. So from a sourcing perspective, as, as with a lot of countries, not essential uh, businesses have furlonged, uh, furloughed sorry, their staff and so estate agents obviously can't take people around to visit people's houses uh, whilst we're on lockdown so the estate agents have closed down and furloughed their sales staff. All their rental staff are still working because obviously they need to make sure that the network of customers that are renting property have a point of contact and if they have a problem they can report it and things can be repaired. So from a sourcing point of view, from us going out on trips to Aberystwyth um, in this glorious sunny weather we're having at the moment, that simply isn't a necessity and isn't something uh, we are going to do and isn't something the estate agents or or our clients and uh, vendors would want us to do. Uh, So sourcing is on hold for the moment. However, we did have a uh, couple of deals that were going through uh, for um, before this happened and uh, the solicitors are still working to complete those deals where po- possible particularly on empty properties because that is still perfectly allowed. Yeah I must say just update you as well um, over this period we've had one um, investor pull out um, of all the deals we've got just one has pulled out and that was because of his own personal circumstances where basically he's running a business 
and he needs not to invest at the moment. Um, but for all the rest of the investors, I think quite sensibly they've continued with their deals because basically the, the um, properties that they were purchasing were genuinely good buys. And I think unless you've got a real problem with a purchase you're making in that you, you aren't confident that it was actually a very good buy, then keeping going is probably best for you and probably best for the whole investment picture. Well, really. I mean, we can talk from our personal experience. Personally, we've bought uh, two properties in the last two weeks and we're buying another block of flats next week. Yep. Um, we're, we're absolutely pushing ahead because as, the, as they say in Yorkshire, nights are safe as houses. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, we think that the housing market could take a dip. I think that's fair to say. I think that's fair to say on purchases, uh, but on the rental market, yeah. um, I think that's going to come out of the crisis stronger. People uh, still want to rent property. They still need somewhere to live. Uh, and the areas you make, well, you, you tell me the point you made earlier. You made a very good point to me earlier about bigger cities and smaller towns. Yeah, well, I think that looking at some of my team members who are in bigger cities in third floor apartments, that more and more people are actually going to look at the environment that they live in. And I think that quite a lot of people will find the places that we source in, whether that's South Wales with Garant and Jeanette or Mid Wales with me and you, very attractive. You know, I look at Landrindod, which um, is a small town, and I see beautiful countryside, amazing architecture. And I look at Aberystwyth and think, actually, I, I could live here. It's really lovely. And I think there's more space for people to get out to. And actually, it's a sort of slower pace of life. And I think probably we'll all be reflecting on what makes us tick as we spend all this time at home. You know, for me, you know, I'm surrounded by really lovely countryside. I've got my um, compost come that I've made to start to raise beds. And, you know, I've got plenty of space. It's, it, you know, I cannot moan. Whereas if I was stuck inside a small flat in a city, I think I'd be looking at how to alter my way of life. What do you think? I totally agree. And a lot of the people that are living in big cities, of course, have been instructed to work from home and they're, they're probably doing it really well. So they're actually thinking, actually, if I can work from home and I'm, I've got a good internet connection, home doesn't have to be in this third floor on a block of flats. It can be in a beautiful, spacious flat with a big garden in Landred, Nod Wales or Aberystwyth. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Anyway, so back to our refurbishments. Now, I know that when we first had lockdown, all the staff obviously went home and we shut for that period of time. Fairly soon, we were able to find what worked for our team members and what worked in terms of the absolute paramount importance, which was the health and well-being and safety of the teams that were working on projects that we are project managing. Absolutely. We, um, we took a few days, which we felt was very sensible after the lockdown on that Monday night to understand what the government advice was. So we made sure that we were adhering to it to the letter and we weren't putting any of our colleagues, as you say, in risk or harm's way. So we took a few days to look at that. We also contacted all our colleagues 
and spoke to them and said, you know, what, what, what's, what's going to work for you? We also spoke to all the builders merchants to find out that a few were staying open. Interestingly, all the merchants that supplied kitchens were closing, but all the merchants that uh, supplied normal building materials were, were staying open. And our electricians, we spoke to them, they were staying open. Our roofing con and window construct contractors, they were staying open as well. So very shortly, within about four or five days, I suppose, um, we looked at the jobs that were closer to where our teams live so that they didn't have to travel so much. And we were able to, uh, to give a couple of examples. Lonhendra in Aberystwyth, we were able to open that job up to the electricians. So they were able to do the second fix electrics. We were able to open up the Grove in Landridnod Wells so that the roofers could progress with the roof. And uh, two of our lads, again, all the time, making sure that we're sitting with the government advice on social distancing, making sure our team have hand sanitizer and, air, and places to wash their hands. And there are very clear notices on all our sites telling people not to come into the building uh, and ring first. Um, so all that's in place. The boys in the Grove are able to do a lot of the carpentry work because again, unlike plasterboarding, that doesn't need two people uh, to be close together. Uh, and on Tredega, our scaffolders put the scaffolding up and we've been able to do some work that was uh, part of Storm Dennis. Doesn't that seem like an age away? <laughs> yeah. um, Storm Dennis. That yeah. was just a storm in the teacup compared to COVID-19. Yeah, so we had some damage to that building because of the storm. The insurance company uh, are uh, paying out. And so we were able to put the scaffolding up and uh, do the da uh, repair the damage uh, and put some new guttering and downpipes in again, which were damaged and uh, quite a few slates. And in the same time, we used the opportunity of the scaffolding being up to repaint the outside of the building. And so we're making it all sound rosy, but basically what are we on? 10% of the usual workforce 20 yeah. percent i say 20% of our usual team are at work because we've got some that have to self-isolate because of their age uh, or medical conditions and as you said earlier one of our colleagues did contract the virus fortunately he's on the mend now so that's really good but but yeah we're on probably about 20% of our normal sort of capacity but that that's that's as it should be we, we should be, you know the first priority of us as our business is to make sure our colleagues and the people that we work with are safe. I totally agree. And so looking at how things might pan out, would you say that it is a little bit easier for small businesses to work during this crisis? I'm thinking uh, like my local farm shop and our friend Andre, who's got a convenience store and even our own businesses outside property are able to deal with social distancing much easier i think than a large building contractor for example do you think oh, that's fair i think that's totally fair you imagine if you've got a big building site in central london where you've got up, up, you know upwards of 3000 contractors working on the site it would just be it just wouldn't be possible uh, for social distancing uh, and you know with our small sites where there's no one living on the site um, you know that there's there's uh, there's no tenants or anything in the flats the guys are able to work do the proper social distancing they all travel in their individual vehicles to work uh, to make sure that you know that, that, that everything is is in order and I would say agree for our small online businesses it's much easier for us because we've extended the opening hours of our warehouse so that our team members 
Uh, we have one team member on site at any one time. So again, we can sort of manage with the social distancing. And looking forward, I mean, there are so many places shut and there are yeah. so many rules we need to work to. For example, at the moment, we can't do plastering because that needs two people. You know, there are issues that we're addressing. But do you see more and more um, companies starting to find their way around social distancing and be safe and able to open? Yeah, I, I certainly we're finding that. Um, we were speaking to B&Q, who are one of our big kitchen suppliers uh, yeah. this week, and they believe that they'll be able to supply kitchens again by the end of the month. Um, so that's really good. That's another good thing for us because one, one of our chippies can install a kitchen on his own. He doesn't need, you know, lots of people around him. And so we can set one chippy off in one kitchen in one flat, one off in another. So that's really positive as well. But I think it will take time. The bigger firms, we've seen the, the smaller merchants that have got two or three branches have uh, been able to quickly put social distancing in, turn to deliveries as opposed to collections and restricting the map contractors that come into the yard at any one time. You can see the bigger firms have just got to put the procedures in place. Uh, and you've seen it with B&Q, they shut straight away to start with and now are opening for online orders and collection and delivery only. Lovely. I, I was just going to say before we end this podcast to investors that are thinking of whether or not they want to invest in property, from our perspective, we definitely still think it's <laughs> probably the best option on the planet, even yeah. at the moment. But what I would also say is get yourself on our email list. So go to Facebook and sign up for our email list. And the reason I say that now is because Luke, quite right, we're not outsourcing. But I think we have over 22 properties on our database where we have previously offered on those properties so we've already viewed them we know what they're like and those offers have been refused because they were too low well that's life but i have a feeling i don't know what you think luke that those properties are likely to come on the market at least at least 10 percent of them over the next few months and i think that we're likely to get quite a few of them in process without having to view again but what is yeah. thought? You're exactly right. Um, I think it was, yeah, 22. I think you've got the number spot on as well. 22 properties that we had offers in on. Um, and um, we, we always go in and offer low uh, because we want, we want to make sure that we pay a fair price and that both the vendor has a fair price, but also our investors get a good deal so that they can make a profit as well. And I, I, I firmly agree with you that, that coming out of this the other side, there'll be people that think, actually, do you know what? My priorities in life have changed. I don't want to own this block of five flats that cause me a lot of hassle all the time. But I want to sell that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, well, we'll see. Um, so if you'd like to join our email list, Jeanette sends out all our deals. Um, Garant and Jeanette are based in Flanetley. And if you go to Facebook, you'll find PropSource UK. Join the list and all our deals go uh, to Jeanette and she sources lots of her own as well so we look forward to hopefully working with you in the future and on this beautiful day in April in Blakemere and in where are you Luke? I'm in Whitestone so just <laughs> the other side of the city north of the river. <laughs> we'll say um, 
<laughs> yeah, north sure, of the sure. wrong side of the river. Never mind, dears. Uh, we'll say um, uh, wishing you a really safe and happy Easter. Yeah, happy Easter, everyone. Stay safe. Bye. Bye. Whew. So, hope you enjoyed that episode. I'm Heather from PropSource and you're following our property journey as we source for clients and build our own portfolio.